to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Amen. Amen. I'm going to share a little encouragement to us, and then we're going to pray. Um, and this is a, um, a, a type of, of, of devotional word for us tonight that um, you're typically going to be in one of two groups. Either you're in this situation currently, or you will be there at some point in your life, or at some point we have all been there ourselves. And so um, let me, how many of you like taking um, road trips? A showing of hands. You like a, good, like a good road trip, right? Now, uh, we, I talked about this like, like a couple months ago on a Sunday, this whole idea of before GPS and before the smartphones that we used to have to use these things that some of you young people may not know what they are. They're called maps, okay? And no, it's not something you touch. It's something that you actually fold out and it's like an accordion, you know, kind of thing. And, and I, I remember from time to time really liking to plan the road trip. Say, okay, we're going to go here. How many of you had a, maybe a dad or a mom or uncle or aunt that they were really OCD about the planning of which other road trip? Some of you. How many of you wish you had an answer or someone who that was a little more planning ahead, right? Like, well, we're just going to go as we go. And you're like, and you end up in the middle of nowhere, right? And so, so I remember, you know, you, you, I remember looking at the map saying, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to stop and maybe exit 143. And we know there's a, there's a, something to eat there. And we, and then we're going to stop maybe overnight at, over in this city. And, and you kind of, kind of plan out your route. Inevitably, inevitably, um, no matter how well you plan out your road trip, there would be the time to time that all of a sudden there would be that six car pile up. 20 miles down the road and it would be gridlock stop and we would have the gridlock stop in the middle of nowhere and you're like there's nowhere to go I can get out of the car and I'll walk in a cornfield for six hours you know it's, there's, there's, we're locked we're stuck sometimes that's one, that would be one kind of thing there would, you would kind of just be totally stopped other times there would be a detour that the road would be closed and it would say you have to go this way and you're like, okay, how long is this detour going to take? And sometimes you would go on some backcountry roads, and, and you'd have to follow the sign, detour to the left, detour to the right. And you wanted to make sure you didn't miss the detour because then you would be having a much bigger problems because you would be off the road, right? The thing about detours on, when it comes to a journey is that detours are a normal part of the physical journey. Detours are also a very important aspect to our spiritual walk with God. And how we view detours can play a big role in not only our peace of mind and our heart, but our ability to see God actually bring the detour to a conclusion. I want to read a quick story in the book of Acts that is a classic picture of what a detour a spiritual detour, a directional detour is. In Acts chapter 16, it says this. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. First detour. Second detour, verse 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. 
So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. Keep it right there. Keep it right there. If you look at verse 6, this is a very important phrase. Paul and his companions, the Apostle Paul, who is one of the leaders of the New Testament church, had been sent out by God, and he was doing the work of God. He was doing the will of God, and he was on, his, on this journey. And he thought, he tried to go into the province of Asia, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit kept him from being able to do that. So this idea, I want you to recognize, have being kept is this picture of being restrained. Kind of what you, I guess you could call Holy Spirit handcuffs. Okay. This idea of having your hands and your feet restrained so that you are not able to move in a certain direction. And Paul and his, and his, and his companions, they wanted to go a certain way, and God said, no. How many of you love when God says, no? <laughs> None of us really do. And there could this, there's, there's the nose of God when we're about ready to do something very stupid or sinful or self-destructive. But then there, we can, that could be understandable. But some other times there's no's that come from God and it could be a little confusing because you're like, Lord, I thought this was what you wanted me to do. The Apostle Paul was saying, God, you sent me out to tell people about you and to share the gospel. Lord, how come I'm being handcuffed by you? Lord, why is it that I'm being restrained from being able to look this, to preach the word of God? Oh, what? God wants, God sometimes will actually not allow you to, to preach and to tell others about him? Yes. And it could be very confusing. And then if we don't understand that it's actually a detour, which we're going to get to in a moment, we can get very frustrated in our faith. And then sometimes the enemy will sneak in and say, see, God doesn't, God's just, God's just trying to keep you, keep you from, he's just frustrating you. He's doing it on purpose. You know what? God, and he'll start lying to you. He'll start saying, ah, there's nothing that you're not really called. You're not really a good Christian. Oh, look at you. You should be doing this. Look, you're not doing that. Why aren't you, why aren't you over there reaching that family member? Why aren't you talking to that person? Why aren't you, why didn't you go and take that step of faith? Why didn't you go and go through that door that was open? Why didn't you do all these different things? And sometimes he can become, he can become that nasty devil and start harassing you in your spirit. When actually, one of the, th the reasons that you didn't walk through the door is because you were restrained by God. God said, no. And sometimes, what, what's the most natural question that we ask when God says no? Why? It's like our little children. You said, no, you're not allowed to have that. And what is the first thing they say? Natural. Why? And we tell parents all the time, by the way, one of the most healthiest things to tell your child is because I said so. Can we praise God for the because I said so, right? Parents, amen. Now, quite frankly, we're going into a little parenting session. That is countercultural because the culture says your child deserves to know. Well, guess what? Life is not like that. And if we raise our children, always, always them having a reason and us having to justify ourselves to them for saying no, we are raising a very self-centered spoiled person saying I'm entitled to know 
why I shouldn't be able to do that. No, you're not, because there is an authority in life. I'm your authority, and eventually God will be your authority, and there's going to be bosses that are going to be authority and teachers, and you need to learn to be able to say, okay, the answer is no, because you're in charge. That's all I need. Oh, are you serious? Yes, because guess what? God does the same thing. God says, no, that woman is not for you. You say, Pastor, I'm married. I knew it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay, don't take this out of context, okay? You can be in a dating relationship. It might be a good person, you know, and God, but God might say no. There might be a great job that's in front of you. It makes sense financially. It makes sense for your resume. It makes sense for every other reason, but for some reason, you've been restrained by God. You're like, this makes sense, Lord. It makes sense to everybody. Well, guess what? If God says no, then guess what the answer is? No. Because the apostle Paul wanted to go preach. You might say, Lord, this job is going to open up our opportunities for ministry. I'm going to be able to give more. I'm going to be able to serve more and do so many more things for you, God. This is actually what you've called me to do. I went to school for this. All of these things. But at the end of the day, sometimes the Lord says no. And we need to learn to be at peace with that. It's a normal part of the journey. So here, this idea of I've been handcuffed by the Lord and I'm okay with it. I've been restrained. God said no. Sometimes in life, years later, months later, maybe weeks later, he'll put the picture together for you and you'll understand. I've talked to some men of God who've been serving the Lord for over 50 years and they, he said, one of these great men of God, he said this, he said, you know, Sure, Lord, for 50 years, he said, there are certain times God just says no, and I still don't know why. It's a mystery. I don't know. I don't know. And that's part of the detour. Can we all say detour? Sometimes the Lord puts us on a detour. So the first thing that happens here is that we've been, sometimes God restrains us, and he says, no, that's not what I want you to do. Now look at verse 7. It says this. It says that when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And so they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. How many of you have ever seen like a really good sale somewhere? And you like really, you might even have the, re- the money to buy it, but you really real- you realize you shouldn't buy it because you really don't need it. And you kind of have to pass up the sale. You ever passed up the sale? And you're like, some of you are like, never. <laughs> I never miss a sale, right? I've got four of those in my house just because they're on sale. Four blenders. There's four blenders that Amazon Black Friday. You can get a black eye from that, you know. Black Friday give you a black. Anyway, so, but sometimes, sometimes we see something that it's, it's really great. It's actually, it, it's wonderful, but the Lord says, no, I need you to pass that by. Nope. You have to pass by that. I'm not allowing you to step over that line. They're at the border. And Jesus said, you've come all the way to the line, but I'm not letting you pass. It's like, what, Lord? Do you know how hard I work to get here, Lord? Do you know how much I've prayed to get here, Lord? Do you know how much I prepared to get to the line, and now you're saying I can't cross over? The Spirit of Jesus says, no. 
God, this doesn't make sense. These people, this is part of what I'm called. I'm, I want to go there and help. And this is the, the, the area of my life. I felt like I've been created. Here's a phrase that can be very deceiving, by the way. I've been created to do this. We've been created to obey Jesus Christ. We've been created to say, you're the Lord, I'm the servant. Not, I've been created to be fulfilled. Oh, no, no. We've been created to be fulfilled by Jesus. And don't believe the lie that says, if I get this blessing, that's going to fulfill me. That's, that doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. And sometimes we could think it could be a very spiritual blessing. Spiritual blessings still do not satisfy. Only the spiritual blesser, and his name is Jesus Christ, he satisfies the heart. Okay, so sometimes the Lord will bring us to the border and he will say, I will not allow you to enter. So on one side, he'll restrain us. On other sides, we will be stopped. So there's restraining and there's being stopped. There's, there's this idea of, of being stopped by the Lord. These are detours. Can we say detour? These are detours that God takes us on. Detours. Now, here's what's interesting. We do get a picture of what happened. If you see this idea of Bith, 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 Bithna, sorry, I can't pronounce that right. Bithnia. Am I saying that right? Bithnia? Yeah. Was it? Bithynia, praise God. All right. Bithynia, yeah. So Bithynia actually was not Paul's blessing, even though Paul wanted to go there. The reason God said no is because it was somebody else's blessing. The apostle Peter was the one who ended up going to Bithynia. Bithynia, what we're going to call it B, all right. Bithynia. Peter was actually the one who later went to Bithynia and was the minister there who began to reach people for Jesus. If you go home, look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. It says that God's elect exiles scattered throughout the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. 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 Bithynia, 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 Bithynia. And that's, that's a really, really great picture. Why? Because sometimes God doesn't tell us why he says no, but sometimes he says no because he says, I have not appointed that for you. I haven't given, that's not, that, has, that land has not been allotted to you. That's been allotted to your brother, to your sister. Somebody else, that's somebody else's battle that I've created them and destined them to fight. Remember this. When it comes to following the will of God, just because there's a need does not mean that you're the person to fulfill that need. Okay? I've heard people say, well, how do you know God's calling you to go do that? Well, there's a need there. Well, there's a need everywhere. And just because there's a need doesn't mean it's God's will for you to meet that need. This is kind of moving into spiritual maturity because if you... Wear your, if you try to fill every single need on one side, you actually could really wear yourself out because if you step outside of the, the grace of God, you can start doing something that is even good and helping people, but you don't have the grace for it, and you actually will wear yourself out really quickly. There's grace that's required. So anyway, with Bithynia, the, the beautiful thing about this is God stopped Paul from going there because he said, I'm, this is not for you. This is for somebody else. So anyway, that's another aspect of this detour. Now, here's the conclusion of the detour. If you can go to the next verse. During the night... During the time when it was dark, during this moment when he was sleeping, he was resting, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. 
Now, after Paul had seen that vision, we got ready, we, because Luke, the physician, is writing in the book of Acts. He was with Paul on this journey. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding, can we all say concluding, that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, ah, here's the wonderful thing that happens is the detour is now concluded. And here's what I want us to pray for tonight. Maybe you're here and you've had a lot of no's from God. You've had no, no, no. I want to tell you today, the yes of God is out there. There is a yes that God has for you, and God will conclude the detour that he has you on. Because it's, on, it's in his will. It's on his journey. And don't be frustrated by the no. Be excited by the fact that, God, if you said no, then your yes is right around the corner, Lord. God, if you said no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to believe that even though I'm on this detour, I thought the straight line was this way, and you've got me going this way, and I've got to go around this way. Lord, there's a reason for it, and I'm believing that the detour will be concluded, Lord. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait. I'm going to trust, but Lord, today, make me sensitive to the yes. Make me, let me not be so frustrated about the no that I miss God's yes. You know, that can happen. We could become so discouraged that God put us in handcuffs and that God stopped us at the border and we're still worried about how three years ago he wouldn't let us cross over the border that he's saying, I'm ready to say yes right here, right now. Just look and be, be ready so that you can conclude that the detour is over. Because God does bring the detour to a conclusion. Even the nation of Israel, 40 years in the desert, walking around because of this very long detour for a whole bunch of other reasons, eventually that was concluded as well. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes in the presence of the Lord tonight. If you're here tonight and there's been a bunch of no's in a given situation, your personal life, your job, your calling, your ministry, relationships, whatever it might be, the Lord has restrained. The Lord has slammed doors shut. The Lord has even allowed you to go up to the, to the line but says, nope, I'm not letting you cross over here. And you want to say, God, I believe that the detour is going to be concluded tonight. Why don't you lift your hand up? So we're going to pray for you for fresh faith while you're in the detour. Just raise your hand up in the presence of the Lord. I want to pray for faith in the detour. Faith in the detour tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. Let's all stand to our feet. What's wonderful, we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters who raise their hand here in a moment with all eyes closed. Sometimes we look at this and we, we wish, okay, God, say yes now, God. God, I want to I I believe you for your yes tonight, but I don't believe, that's not how I, I feel led for us to pray in regards to this. I want to pray for strength for the journey and strength on the detour. God's yes is up to him, but what we do know is 
even recognize how Paul and his, uh, his followers, Luke, who's writing this, was with him, saw that this was the Lord. They weren't blaming anything. They were just saying, God said no, and we're okay with that. And then the yes came because they had a grace for the detour. And if you're here and you're on a detour, whatever it might be, and you need fresh grace for the detour, I want you to slip out of your seat, come to this altar, and we're going we're gonna to come around you as a church family, and we're going to pray for you. Go ahead, slip out of your seat, come down here to the front. We're going to pray grace, grace for the detour. Just come and face the front. And if you're one of our leaders here, if you're one of our church members, and you feel faith in your heart, to pray for one of our brothers and sisters. I want you to slip out behind the column. Let's come all the way down here to the front. We have room here. Slip out with them and come and stand behind them. Men with men, ladies with ladies. We want to put a hand on their shoulder. If you're one of our leaders, one of our members, and you have faith in your heart to pray, we want to pray for grace for the detour tonight. Grace for the detour. We're going to sing this for a moment. Let's lift our hands, and then we're going to pray in a second. Hallelujah. Turning back. We trust you, Jesus. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning At the altar here tonight, lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands and sing. The cross before me, the world behind. We're going to pray in a moment. No turning back. As we gather around you, but let's sing. Make this our declaration of faith. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. This is the best place to be, God. We say yes to you. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. Hallelujah, we trust you, God. No turning back. We bless you, Lord. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Now we're going to begin to pray for our brothers and our sisters. In the congregation, I want to encourage you to continue to worship the Lord and those at the altar. I want you to begin to now pray. God, give me grace for the detour. Give me strength for the detour. I trust you in the detour, Lord. I'm not going to be frustrated in the detour. Give me grace, oh God. We're going to pray for you that God will give you grace for the detour in the name of Jesus.